Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter, which features upcoming episode information, behind the scenes articles, and other fun articles and information. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hello, everybody. Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and I am with fellow geocacher Stu, also known as Tiny Superman. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So, one of the things I love to ask all my guests is how did you get into geocaching? Um, well, it started with um, friends of mine who had posted on a Facebook page um, their adventures. I saw the the pictures and the fun that um, their son was having with it, and I so I started asking questions. Um, later that night, I downloaded the app, and my family and I went out and found our first cache together. Um, and after that, the rest is history. Um, I was hooked, and our family uh, has a new lifestyle with geocaching. So, how long have you been geocaching? Uh, since 2012. Okay. Yeah, so a few years. So what are your current stats like for geocaching? Um, just past 6,700 finds. Nice. Um, and uh, I really got into the hiding game as well. So I've got um, 912 hides right now. That 912 hides? Yeah. Yeah, only, is... about five, only about 500 are active right now. But um, yeah. Still, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot to maintain. <laughs> I, I told my wife I was going to stop at 10, so uh, we kind of <laughs> went over that a little bit. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. That's great. So you have an Instagram account called, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's called the official Tiny Superman. Yeah, yep. And you have these pictures of little Superman trackables. Can you tell me how that got started? I love sure. it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things I love about this hobby is um, the fact that I can tie in so many of my interests all at the same time. So um, I love visiting new places. I like taking pictures. Um, obviously, the geocaching part is fun, too. Um, so, you know, when I used to visit places, I'd have this little guy, this little Superman that would pose in the pictures of the different places we went. It was just a fun little thing to do. Um, so then when I started geocaching, um, it was, seemed like a natural transition to have him join in on the adventures. And that's actually how I came up with my name, Tiny Superman, um, for the little uh, little travel bug buddy that, that um, you know, comes along on my adventures. So yeah, he poses uh, with the caches and, and um, I, I started posting them. Um, you know, obviously the Instagram's fun because I get to share with other cachers, but it's fun for me too, because I can relive my adventures. I have everything cataloged and I can go right over it and, and relive the memories of some of the fun hides. So, yeah. And there are some great pictures on there. I've, I follow you myself and I always love when the little Superman pops up on my feed. <laughs> it's, it's just so much fun. Are there different tiny Superman or just, do you just have the one guy well, or? Yeah, it started off as one who traveled with me, um, you know, everywhere I went. Um, and then, then um, I got a second one because I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd leave one in my car and then I'd wind up, we'd be in my wife's car and then I wouldn't have him with me. So we had one for each car. And then um, I, I came up, I, I decided after my 1000th find that I was going to release him. 
Um, so I have a third one, um, which is actually the official one that's been released into the wild. Um, so he's been traveling around for a few years now. And then, um, you know, the other two stay with, with me. So, yeah. So the, the one that you have released, is he still active? Do you still get logs for him? Um, I still do. There were a couple of close calls um, where he went disappearing for periods of time. Um, but um, yeah, he's, he's currently moving around. Um, he's in Spain right now. So oh, it, it's fun wow. every now and then to see a picture pop up and, you know, see where, where he's at. Do you have any idea how many miles he's logged? Um, last time I checked, it was just over 51,000 miles. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and he's been to some cool places, you know, that other um, cashers have taken him to places that I, I hope to get to someday. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite spots was Iceland. Um, and the cashier who took him to Iceland took a lot of pictures. So I really got to see, you know, a little bit of, of where he was at. So that's, that's my goal. Awesome. Someday get to some of the places that, that he's been. I, I love trackables and I set goals. A lot of my trackables have goals to go to places that I hope to go to someday. So yeah. trying to live vicariously through my trackables if they ever get there. <laughs> So you also have a Superman geo art that you created. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's been live now for probably two or three months. Um, and it, it's been a lot of fun. A lot okay, of so fun that's, that that's fairly recent then two or three months. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So for those who are not, who may not be familiar with geo art, can you just give us like a real brief explanation of what that is? Yeah, so a GOR is a collection of um, puzzle caches, um, and the posted coordinates um, make some kind of a picture or image when you look at them um, before you find them. So um, it, it's a you know it's a fun way to group a bunch of caches together, make make an image, which I, I think draws people to the caches to some extent. Um, it's always fun to complete a GOR, um, and then it's. You know, when it came time to think of what picture I wanted to do, it seemed like Superman was the thing to do. So that's what we did. <laughs> it, it seems to fit your branding quite well. <laughs> so what made you decide to do a GeoArt? Um, I had done a few of them um, from different cachers in the area and just had a lot of fun, you know, going after them. And um, usually a GeoArt, you know, most of them are made up of quite a few caches anywhere from, you know, I've done some that were like 50 caches up to um, one that I did that was about 125, something like that. So, you know, it's, it's a fun little way to, uh, to tackle an adventure and, and to stay with something to have a goal. Um, so I, I thought it'd be fun to set one out myself. So in your geo art, your Superman, it's just the symbol, right? The super S symbol. Right, right. Okay. How many caches are part of that? Uh, that was 60 caches. 60 caches. And those are all mystery caches? Um, yeah, it has to be. Unknown, well, however yeah, you want Unknown, to call them. I, I call them puzzle caches. <laughs> um, and it has to be that so that you can have the virtual coordinates to make the picture. Um, and then all, the actual cache has to be within two miles of those coordinates. So, so it can be challenging, you know, when you, when you set up your image to make sure that you have the space to, to lay out the physical caches. So, and I've seen people do this different ways. I've seen 
some people that have laid out geo art and I've literally seen them put, here's the answer to the actual location or they make an actual puzzle for it. Did you actually sit down and make 60 different puzzles? Or um, did you make like just variations of a, the same type of puzzles or how did you end up doing it? Yeah, it was pretty boring actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I did is, is I just, um, I posted the actual coordinates on the cache page, but I posted them with a white font on a white background. Okay. So, you know, um, cachers had to work a little bit for it, but not terribly difficult to find. So. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I, I would imagine if you're trying to come up with unique puzzles for that many caches, that would be very monotonous potentially, or, you know, very time consuming at the very least. Right. Yeah, for sure. So when you planned it out, how did you plan out the geo art because uh, as you said that location has to be within so close to the actual posted coordinates so do you did you just pull up like a picture of google earth and make a bunch of dots in an area how do you go about planning that well actually um so i placed this gor in my hometown where you know over the years i've i've placed quite a few hides um and so i i found an area of town you know that that was open where i could you know make the gor itself and then from there, um, just kind of planned around, um, you know, do I have the space here um, to, to form the geo art the way that I want to. So um, at, the first thing was to lay out the actual geo art. Um, when I did that, I found that I had a total of 60 caches and I had about 55 um, previous hides in town already. So, um, Basically, I archived those hides, went back, refreshed everything, um, you know, made it nice, nice and new and ready to go, and then republished as the geo art. Oh, okay. So then you only had to make an additional five hides. Right. And, and that was it. a little tricky, you know, because over the years, I, I had pretty much filled up town as, as it was. <laughs> so um, to go back and find some extra space. Um, and a couple of the spots that I had planned for the geo art, um, you know, just like any time you place a hide, had gotten kicked back by the reviewer for various reasons. So, you know, back to the drawing board and, and had to find a new location for some of those. So, um, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. It, it takes some time and some planning, but, but it's been worth it. It's, it's been a lot of fun and, um, you know, it seems to be well received. So how long did it take you to set that geo art up? Um, I'd say probably about six months from the time that I started laying out the, um, you know, the virtual coordinates to then going and, and checking up on the caches and placing the new hides and then um, the publishing, of course. Um, and that took um, well over a week um, from the time that I sent it into the reviewer to be published. Um, you, you can imagine to go through 60 caches and, and make sure that everything uh, um, lives up to expectations there. Um, but yeah, yeah. So when you submit a geo art, do you submit it all at once with, and say, hey, this is a geo art and here's all 60 or however many at one time? Or do you submit like 10 at a time or how does that work? Yeah, well, the way I did it is I, I waited till it was all set to go and, and I submitted all 60. Um, 
And at that, after the reviewer got back to me, um, as I said, there were a couple that needed adjustments or needed new locations. Um, and the reviewer asked me, you know, if I wanted to wait until the geo art was complete or if he wanted me to publish some of them, um, I decided it would be best to have everything come out at once ready to go. So, you know, we held it off a few weeks while I made the changes that needed to happen. And then, um, and then when it was all set, um, he published the group together. Nice. Okay. So these 60 caches, are they 60 pill bottles? Do you have different sizes and, and different types of containers or, you know, is it, what are those of it's 60 caches? Let's just get 60 Altoid tins and just put them out there. Like how, yeah. how did you plan that? That's a great question because um, a lot of the geo arts that I've done um, have been exactly that. It's been one type of container, basically one type of hide. Um, and, you know, for some of the geo arts that I've had to travel to, um, I, I might spend an hour or two going after them, but after that, it starts to get boring after a little while. So, you know, you, you stop and then you go back a different day. Um, with this geo art, um, because it was built mostly on caches that I had previously placed, um, I was able to do a variety of containers, a variety of um, terrains. Um, so I, I think that that's maybe made it mine stick out a little bit more than um, some others is the fact that it's not just one type of hide um, or one type of terrain. You know, it's a mixture of those. That's nice. Yeah, I've, I've worked on some geo art and it almost kind of turns into sort of a power trail you realize once you solve them all, it's like, oh, there's like a roll of 50 telephone poles. And it <laughs> seems like there's a cache at all 50 of these. And right, right. It, while it's still fun, it is kind of a little monotonous after so many finding the exact same thing over and over again in the same day. So the, it's really neat that you, you did it a bit different and a little more variety to your, your caches. Yeah. your art there. Do you have any advice for anybody that wants to put out a geo art? <laughs> well, one, I, I will tell you one thing I learned about it after the fact is um, that cashers like to go after the geo art and they like to do as much of it as they can in a day. So I've, I've had several cashers who went out and did, you know, all 60 in a day. And usually when they do that, they're going out with a friend of theirs or several friends. So I wasn't prepared for the amount of emails that I would get um, for mm. notifications. Um, I, I think one weekend I got over 300 emails, um, you know, oh, wow. your dash was found. So that was something that I just had never given thought to. Um, um, so there's that. Um, as far as putting it together, you know, just I, I think patience. Um, it's not something that happens overnight. You know, if you want to do a good job on it, 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 it takes time. Yeah, that's, that's some good advice. You said six months to get yours all lined up from start to publish, right? Right, right. Okay, so definitely prepare for it to take some time. And maybe, it almost sounds like... Did, did you go through your email and like set up a folder just to send all those notifications to so it didn't just flood your inbox? Or well, what it's funny you that you mentioned that because um, prior to the geo art, um, my geocaching email was also my personal email. 
And so, you know, it wasn't really an issue. I'd get emails through there or whatnot. But after the GeoArt, I did have to set up my own personal um, geocaching email so that I could keep <laughs> it separate. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's just, it's been fun. It's been great. That's awesome. Have you gotten any logs, uh, any fine logs that somebody has sent for your GeoArt that's just really stood out in your memory at all? Um, not really. Um, one thing uh, with a GeoArt, um, you know, it's, it's basically, like you said, a power trail. So you tend to get a lot of copy and paste logs, um, which is okay. You know, you know, when you put something out like that, that that's what you're going to get. So, um, you know, it's always nice when, when a cacher goes the extra mile and, and posts something um, that they appreciated about the, the um, hide or whatnot. So, so those are always nice to get. Um, but again, when you're, when you're setting up something of this magnitude, I think you have to expect to get some, some more generic logs, you know? Yeah, I, I could see after, you know, three or four, you're just going to get TFTC <laughs> a lot. <laughs> oh, so besides GeoArts, and you have your tiny Superman mm -hmm. guy that travels with you. What other parts of geocaching that just really speak to you that you just really honed in on? Oh, without a doubt, it's the places that it takes me. Um, you know, it, it's always fun. The, the thrill of the hunt is always fun looking for a cache, no, no matter where it is. But um, the ones that really stick out are the, you know, the, the hidden waterfalls um, on back trails or the historic buildings um, or uh, roadside attractions, those, those kinds of things um, are always fun. So for me, it's really about the places it takes me and the sites that, that I get to see. Is there a place it's taking to you that really sort of stands out in your memory above the rest? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's quite a few. Um, one, one that jumps out to me is um, an abandoned mansion um, in New York State, um, which, again, I never would have known was there. Um, it wasn't far from my in-law's house. So um, on the way home after visiting them, the family and I, you know, checked it out. Um, and it was just it was just really cool to explore the ruins of this this estate and to imagine what it must have been like, um, you know, back in history. An abandoned mansion. Wow. Yeah. Did you find, were you able to find out any of the history of the building? Um, the, the cash owner actually did a really nice job with a write-up on that. Um, I don't remember the specific details right now, but I do remember that, you know, they told us a little bit about the, uh, the family that owned the land and, and, you know, changes that had happened to the property over time. So. Oh, okay. That's nice that the cash owner went that sort of extra mile and made the cash page explaining the area. Because, I mean, how many times do you go to geocache where the description just says, place this high with permission of whoever? And, right, you right. know, there may or may not be something spectacular about the area that they could have added to it. But it's, it's always nice to see when they do go to that extra detail in a cash page, especially someplace unique like that. Yeah, absolutely. It adds adds to the whole experience. That it does. Is there anything else about geocaching or Tiny Superman 
that you'd like to share with us? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think, you know, like I said, the hobby's just been great. I set out for, for something to do with the family. Um, and, you know, we've made some adventures along the way and keep making adventures. And, and I think the people, the people that you meet, um, which I wasn't prepared for getting into the hobby, you know, I, I thought it was something we go out into the woods and we do our thing, but, but um, just, you know, over the last few years made some tremendous friendships um, just by sharing this, this great hobby with people. That's great. It's, it is amazing the people you can meet just out randomly on a trail someplace, phones and GPS is out. You kind of just <laughs> automatically realize, I think I know what you're doing here and I'm doing <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Warning, this part of the show contains spoilers for the cash that is about to be discussed. So every episode, we do a cash highlight. And you have graciously agreed to highlight a cache for us. So can you tell us what is the name of this geocache? Uh, the name of the cache is called Phone Booth. Cache code GC87WW6. Difficulty rating 4, terrain rating 1.5. The description reads, Welcome to Phone Booth, where you can step into a piece of nostalgic history. This is a gadget smart cache. You need to figure out what you have to do to find the log and sign it. The geocache does not need to be taken apart, pried open, or otherwise disassembled in any way. No tools are required to open this cache other than your geosenses and some spare change. Gently manipulate things on the cache. The cache will open when the correct solution has been found. Please be sure to put everything back exactly the way you found it before leaving the cache. Please do not forget to lock the lock on the phone booth door to keep muggles out. Thank you for doing that. Note, read the entire description section. Skipping over it will only frustrate you at the cache, and you would be better off finding Tupperware in the woods at that point. Use the information provided to your advantage and don't overthink it. This cache is available during daylight hours only. Expect to spend 30 minutes to one hour on this cache. The object of finding the final and signing the logbook is to have fun with this cache and dialing numbers. Dial any of the phone numbers found on the phone booth or in the phone book. Take a look around at the artwork and reminisce of days of yesteryear. You young kids can just Google what you see. Please know you will not be able to solve this cache by just looking at things and trying to figure them out. There is no puzzle or encrypted messages anywhere. I would highly suggest that you car call 411 to get information on how to use the payphone, volume controls, etc. And don't forget, call waiting was not invented when people used payphones. If you have not been given any hints during your phone calls, then you need to call people phone numbers. Look at people you recognize in the phone book and call them. Take a look at the commercial business listings and call them. Calling commercial business listings or white page numbers that are in bold multiple times will allow you to hear different information each time you call them. Try it. If you are not receiving any hints, then you're not calling enough numbers. Reread the previous sentence and repeat it out loud. Once you have called enough people and have gotten all the information that you need, you simply have to drop a dime and call the cash owner. Note, dropping a dime is just an expression. On this payphone, any coin will work. Dimes, nickels, quarters, Canadian coins, etc. And you only need to use it when dialing the cash owner, i.e. 
the other num, i.e. any other number, no coins are needed. If you are attempting to find this cache directly after another find, be sure you are starting from the beginning by pressing the red reset button found at the top of the cache. Before you begin, only press it once and you will hear the initialization sound. Do not press the reset again to restart the cache as you continue with solving. That will only hinder your experience. The button is clearly marked. Note that the cache will automatically reset itself after it has been idle for 15 minutes. Please post pictures of yourself with the gadget cache in the logs, but please do not show or log any spoilers as they will be removed. It's all about having fun. Hint, drop a dime and give the cash owner a call. If you're having trouble, I will have someone call you and give you a hint. If you need info, dial 411, lock code 0619. It's exactly what you would expect. Um, it's in the back of a business and it's a, a full-scale phone booth. Um, and it is by far the, my favorite cache that I found. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, basically, the, the idea behind the cache is you go into the phone booth and you have a phone book. Um, and there's a lot of celebrities listed in the phone book. And, and you get on the phone and you dial the number. Um, and you actually, it, the, the cache plays recordings from these different people. So, you know, it might be uh, Garth Brooks. You, you call up Garth Brooks and uh, you hear a song play by Garth Brooks. So, so you go through and there's all kinds of celebrities um, the idea behind the cash is you have to find the cash owner's phone number. Oh. Um, and when you, when you successfully find that, it's, there's a little bit of a challenge to it. When you successfully find it, um, the like coin vault where on, on a payphone phone mm -hmm. um, opens up and the cash is, is there for you. So it's oh, just wow. amazing. The amount of work and, and effort and knowledge that went into uh, a cache like that. It, it's just um, truly memorable. It, it, it was amazing. That's pretty great. Do you remember like how many phone numbers you had to go through to find the right one? What? Well, I don't <laughs> want to give any, I don't want to give too much away, um, but the phone book had easily a hundred to 200 different phone numbers. Oh, wow. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so potentially you could need a lot of time to go through them. Yeah, um, we were there probably about 45 minutes to an hour standing in the phone booth and trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out exactly what we needed to do to, uh, you know, to, to earn our prize. But um, wow. yeah, it, it, was, it was awesome. And, and when I find myself back in that area, it's probably about an hour to an hour and a half from my home. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely visit again when, you know, when I'm in the area, it was that good. Okay. Would it be worth just, if you had the time, let's just say, just dial every number to see what the recording is. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there were some, some, um, random numbers, you know, like just regular old numbers. Um, but it, it was fun to see, you know, the different celebrities and, 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 uh, what clips the CO chose to use. And it, yeah, it was just fun. I mean, you could literally sit there and, and just do that, you know? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That, that sounds like a really fun geocache. And you said it's just in the back of a, a business? Yeah, as it turns out, the, um, the CO of the cache, um, his wife owns um, a hairstyling salon. 
So, you know, he, he was, he put it there in the back of her salon. So, you know, it's perfectly safe for him and he, you know, can check up on it pretty well. And, um, I'm sure he also gets a laugh and a charge out of the the visitors as they're working on it, you know? Oh, I would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) That would almost be worth having a camera nearby just to (laughs) see what's going on at it. (laughs) Oh, that sounds really fun. Well, Stu, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us about Tiny Superman and your geo art and doing a cash highlight with us. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun talking with you. My pleasure. Same, same here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and photos all sent in by geocachers like you. In fact, some of the guests that you've heard on this show have submitted articles to Geocacher Magazine. They have all kinds of neat stuff and publish achievements that are sent in by Geocacher. So if you have an achievement you want to celebrate, send it in and they will add it to the magazine. It is really cool. I recommend it. I subscribe to it myself and I love it. Go check it out at ftfgeo.com. That's ftfgeo.com. And let them know Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a topic you'd like to hear more about? Let me know at geocacheadventures.org. Go over to the contact page and you can send me a message there. It has the podcast email that you can email me to. Or you can reach out to Shadow Dragon 1 on geocaching.com. Geocacheadventures.org also has a store page now. You can go over there geocacheadventures.org and click on the store page in the menu bar and check it out. Got some great stuff over there for you.